This morning, we open the book of Revelation, and I want you to picture this as I read this, as we get a glimpse of coming attractions. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and said to me, come, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God. Its, its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who, who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was laid out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length and as wide and high as it is long. The angel measured the wall using human measurement, and it was 144 cubits thick. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, seventh was crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold as pure as transparent glass. 
I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The new city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven here on earth, just like downtown do you ever say that when you do something or fix something? Just like downtown, meaning it's, it's the best. Or maybe you just say, that's it, Fort Pitt. It's, it's done. When we turn to the book of Revelation, it can be daunting to read. It can be hard to understand. It can be confusing but I think we need to lay down a few misperceptions. First of all, we, we most always call it the book of Revelations, plural. But after all, come on, it's Acts, Romans, Thessalonians, Colossians, you know what I mean? They're all plural. So we tend to just follow that through and make it Revelations. But it's not plural, it's singular. It's one revelation, one vision one glimpse of what is to come given to John. And if we know anything about Revelation, we know, well, there's a lot of bad stuff in there. And the bad stuff has to happen before Jesus comes back. So then we, we look at our world, and when bad things happen, like uh, World War I, World War II, or this president's elected, or that president's elected, or there's earthquakes, fire, hurricanes, typhoons, tsunamis, we say Jesus is coming back. Why would we equate bad things with Jesus, the lamb that brings us salvation, that brings us mercy and forgiveness, that washes away our sin? Why would we equate him with bad things? Really, the book of Revelation is telling us that bad things happen every day. And we have to understand that when the book was written, it had pretty accurate meaning for the people at the time. The original people that would have read it, they were the Christians being persecuted by the Roman Empire. They would have understood who the beast was. They would have understood more than we do the scrolls and the, the trumpets and the, the bowls because they were living it. They were under pure persecution they knew pain, they knew tears, they knew death, they knew mourning firsthand. This was a vision of hope. This was a vision of something greater to come, that this time of trial, this time of persecution would not be the end, it would not last. But one day, one day, we would see the new earth and the new heaven coming, the city of God coming out of heaven here on earth, where every tear is wiped away. No one dies. No one mourns the loss of a loved one. There is no more 
pain. There is no more cancer. There is no more diabetes. There is no more decaying of our bodies. The new city, just like downtown. Well, what do we think about cities, right? I mean, we have to understand that that's, that's where we're headed. We're going to end up in the, the city. Well, what do us country folks think of city? Uh, you know, a nice place to visit. I wouldn't want to live there, right? Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're confusing and, and they're hard to drive around and, and you, can t- you never find anywhere to park. Uh, I'll, I'll visit a city, but I don't want to live there. But that's where we're going. That's our destination. If, if this whole story of God's people, our story starts in the garden, the Garden of Eden, it ends in the city. It ends in the new city of Jerusalem, just like, just like downtown. But we have to understand where we may see cities as, as foreign places, as dangerous places. To the original people that would have heard this, a city was a place of safety because it had a wall around it. The wall with the gates that could be open and also could be closed meant safety in time of trouble. Safety in times when foreign armies attacked. You see, the city was designed so everybody within the city and all of the people that lived in the villages around the city, all of them could fit inside the wall and the gates could be closed when an attacking army came. Have you ever visited uh, or seen one of those medieval cathedrals in Europe? You think, wow, they're ginormous, they're so huge. They were built so that everybody in the city could fit inside the church in time of trouble or when a foreign army was attacking. You see, a city meant safety. A city meant life. A city meant water, that it had a source of water. So while we may see cities as foreign and and dangerous, we have to understand the city as a place of refuge, a city of safety. So what does this mean for us? It had very specific meaning for the people, the original people that it was written for. And it still has meaning for us today, you see. Because God's word is alive. It's a living word. It's, it's not just like a, a, a book that we read and then we put away because, well, I already read that. I don't want to read it again. It's not just a book that has meaning once but never has meaning again. No, it had meaning for those people thousands and thousands of years ago, but it also, also has meaning for us. It gives us a glimpse of what is to come and the image The image is beautiful, precious stones everywhere, streets of gold, so so shining you could see your face in them. And those original people that read that, they would have never maybe in their lifetime seen gold. They would have never seen a precious stone. But that's not us, is it? Look at your hand, look at your wrist or around your neck. We all have precious stones, don't we? We all have precious metals. I've, I've got gold. I've, I've got silver. This, this thing is from a label that was on a cooler I bought last summer. I, I put it on to see how long it would last, and it's doing pretty good. 
But, but I think it looks pretty cool. I don't know what you think. You can't buy this anywhere. It's one of a kind. Can't go into a store and buy it. I've got a, a silver cross. We, we all have precious metals. We all have precious stones on our, our fingers. But these people that first would have heard of the New Jerusalem lived their whole life, generations without ever seeing gold, without ever seeing a precious stone. So they had to picture this city, the foundations, all different stones. The gates were single pearls, each gate a whole pearl in itself. And the gates, the gates would never be closed because there was no night. There was no need for the sun or the moon because God and, and Jesus, the lamb, were the light. There was no temple. There was no church because God himself was the church. God would be with the people and the people would be with God. So what does this mean for us? Well, I think it means we need to rethink some of our uh, just everyday theology, you see. We all have loved ones that have gone to heaven, and we say they've gone to heaven, they've, they've gone home. You know, in my father's house, there are many rooms. Uh, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And we tend to think of heaven as a home or a house, and it is, but then we tend to think it's a fixed place. It's there, and we're here. And we think, well, you know, someday I'll probably go there. And, and probably most of us will die before Jesus comes back. We don't know. We're not to know the day or the time. But we have to rethink our image of heaven as a fixed place that's there. And we're here when we hear that the new city, the new Jerusalem is coming here. You see, this week I'll go to the cemetery. I'll go to the family cemetery in Pittsburgh where my parents are, my, my sister, my grandparents, my aunt and uncle, my great aunts and great uncles are there. I'll go to see them at the cemetery without ever thinking that they're on their way to see me. Think about that. If the new city, the new Jerusalem is coming here, then heaven is in a fixed place that's there. No, heaven is something that's on its way here. Think about it and instead of people going to heaven and going into a house that's set in stone. They're, they're getting on the bus, you see? They're getting on the bus that's on its way here. They're coming here to see us. This new city of Jerusalem, a new heaven and a new earth will come here. Now, it's, it's a big bus, and it's pulling a whole city. I don't know how that works, whether it's a trailer or what it looks like, but it's slow. I know that. It's taking a long time. And would rather it be faster, but that's not how God works. God works at God's speed, and he's bringing all of heaven. He's bringing the whole busload and he's pulling a whole city, foundations of precious stones and gates of pearl. He's bringing it all. So it's going to take a while to get here. But one day, one day, the new heaven and the new earth will be here. And hear this, the old order of things, the way we understand life, the way we understand death, the way we understand work, the way we understand illness, all of it 
all of it will pass away and he will wipe away every tear and no one will die and no one will go to a funeral home and no one will ever experience pain because it's going to be just like downtown. Amen.